Katara and the gang meet Haru, a kid who loves to find big rocks to slam her around, who takes them into his mother's big house. Some Fire Nation brigands lock him up, so Katara gets herself captured and crafts an inspiring sentence or two, but can't sell them on revolt, even when she's spitting bars. This episode makes me so nervous, my knees are shaking like J-Lo. everybody at last it is time to discuss episode six of avatar the last airbender nick montagani i am here with brendan riley brendan what's going on how, how you doing i'm doing pretty good i got a bag of black licorice candy that i'm going to just look at longingly the entire time we record you can maybe sneak a little one of those in while we're going. If I'm going on like a long rant, which uh, I it would be a, a rare occurrence for me because, you know, I like to keep it tight, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here, let's try uh, it right uh, now. Let's see. Am I sneaky? But I just I sometimes I get on a certain subject and I can't stop myself from talking about it. Uh, I, I'm very passionate about certain things. Um, and so I, I, I like to discuss with our listeners out there, you know, how I feel about something, kind of my personal history with things. Uh, Brendan's giving me a thumbs up so I can stop doing mm-hmm. this. What'd you think? Uh, that was, that was, uh, I think that went well. I don't think anyone will know. I no, think certainly it's not. very secret. <laughs> uh, do you have a review for the, uh, licorice? Uh, chewy and delicious. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, better or worse, uh, in your non-experience, uh, better or worse than a chocolate Skittle? Um, better. <laughs> I, having been the only one of the two of us to have ever had the chocolate Skittles varietal, uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure that you are correct. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine a chocolate Skittle ever being a good idea. When you first said it. So nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about right now, but you brought up chocolate Skittles, and I immediately thought that's just an M M&M. and M. No, but that's not what they're doing. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is still a chewy Skittle with a chocolate flavored candy coating on it. Think of your run of the mill Skittles lentil, <laughs> but the flavor inside of it is a artificial, yeah, not even like a real chocolate, like an artificial chocolate flavor. Yeah, uh, there was a chocolate pudding one. Yep. Uh, just a regular chocolate one, I think. I don't have it up in front of me anymore, but... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we were talking about that off the air. I used to... Uh, have those because I would steal them from my uh, high school science <laughs> teacher's closet. 
before they could sell them to the rest of the classrooms. I feel like honestly, I was doing a favor. I think to so. The rest you were of the high school. You were saving the rest of the the children. Won't somebody I'll think of the these. children? I'll eat these so you don't have to. That is the way that I thought of it. That is correct. <laughs> Everyone would come by and thank you for it. You're doing us a service. You are the number one student. In fact, <laughs> I want you to be the valedictorian, even though your grades are shitty. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll do it. All right, fine, if I must. <laughs> I'll take one for the team, the varsity team, because it's mm-hmm. high school after all. Yep. And in a school of uh, only about 100 kids, everyone's on the varsity team. Uh, that is kind of the way it worked. I was a varsity athlete on multiple sports teams, despite the fact that, uh, I don't know, you can look at me right now. Do I? Do you think that my body was much more athletic in my uh, high school days? Uh, maybe. About, 50, what is that now, 13 years ago? <laughs> 12 years ago? Something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I appreciate your confidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were closer to the ideal form, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, still not quite. <laughs> still not quite what we were looking for. Still fucking nerds. <laughs> Stealing candy and eating cinnamon buns every day. Big dorks eating snack foods. I in the same science teacher's classroom. I would uh, during lunch periods, me and some friends revitalized the Pokemon trading card game duels. We would uh, we found all of our personal Pokemon trading card collections from our childhoods, which had not been touched in. Probably 15, no, that can't be right, probably over 10 years and Mm -hmm. then uh, brought them into school and during lunch times uh, would spend time in the science classroom, in the back room, uh, dueling. Yeah, kids did that at my school too. I uh, have never played the Pokemon trading card game. I don't know how to play it. I I had a lot of cards, but I never once played it. Just had the cards to look at. Mm-hmm. Your favorite mons. Yep. But not not ever pit them against each other. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I knew how to play magic. And even then, only basically. <laughs> I was going to ask if if not Pokemon, then what other mm-hmm. card games would you play? There was a time where I had collected a large amount of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, including the like ancient guardian set or yep. whatever the fuck that was called. I don't know. Um <laughs> I'll go with it. Something, <laughs> something along those lines, uh, and had played a handful of times, and then like eight years after the fact, my mother got rid of the cards, and I was very mad at her for getting rid of my cards. But honestly, she did the right thing. Probably, yeah. I recently tried to watch a video like explaining, like, oh, here's how you can summon this monster on turn one, and I had no idea what the fuck was going on in that video. Mm. It's like the most complicated card game I think I've ever seen in my life. A lot of rules. Yeah, it was a turn one thing, and it it was like a half hour long video. How do you take turn one of a card game and make it take a half an hour? We got to get this. It's got to be snappy. Yeah, if you got to launch straight into things, and if you want to have a strategy, like if it's going to take a half a half hour, like let it burn, baby. Don't don't get that started <laughs> right off the bat. Like earn your way up to that. I yeah. think. Yeah. 
I, I just know that if I sat down across the table from somebody and they just started doing shit like that, I would probably just quit in the middle of their turn. <laughs> oh, you're on to something that I don't understand. I don't want to play with <laughs> I'm <you>. done. <laughs> or let them get like very close to being done with it and then quit just so they don't get the satisfaction of actually finishing their their bullshit. Sure. <laughs> I've never played a game of uh, Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Is it? It. So I guess I have multiple questions that might be hard for you to answer. One of them is going to be very easy for you to answer is, are you still interested? And then the second question is, is it fun? Uh, I was never big into like building decks uh, and I've never actually won a game, Uh, but I knew how to play it. Uh, Sometimes it can be fun. It depends. But my biggest problem with magic is talking to people who like magic. Yeah. Fucking hate that. I don't want to hear about your deck. I don't want to hear about your cards because they expect you to know every rule and they just start naming cards. And then you're like, I don't know what that card is. And then they explain that card, which requires more explanation of other cards. And I'm like, all right, all right, we're done. We're done. I don't care. Everyone's yeah, deeply invested in that yes. in a way that I just don't have time for. Yeah, they're all very excited about it, which I love that for them. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad you're having fun. Leave me out of it. <laughs> I wish I could be. Yeah, on the same level <laughs> as you, but I it's just there's never going to be enough time for me to get mm-hmm. caught up to speed with you guys. So uh, do your thing. I'm going to be over here and uh, we'll catch up later on yeah. some other topic. Yep. Uh, wow. Well, the magical world of card games. Is there like a because card games now are all digital What yep. with your. Hearthstones, even that's old. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Marvel snaps yep. out there. Is there like a recent physical card game that people are playing of? I can't think. I can't think of what the most recent, like big hit physical card game would be. I don't know. I know that people are big into Pokemon again, and Magic sure. is still going strong. Sure, but I think th- I don't know that there's been anything like new that's come out that people are really like clamoring for. It's got to be really difficult. Yeah. For companies to invest in like a physical Mm -hmm. medium like that, when it's so much easier to do some sort of digital format. Even magic uh, is huge in like the digital. They've got uh, magic, the gathering arena, I think it's called. And you can play. I think you can build your deck out of any cards in the set. So like, you don't have to have that cash investment that you would have to have. I know at some point Pokemon took like a a turn in that direction where like every card was scannable or mm-hmm. something like that. So you could just transfer them into a digital environment. And at that point, yeah, why even go out and buy yeah. the card packs themselves? Yep. Um, I had a Yu-Gi-Oh! Game Boy game where you could type in the serial codes on your cards and get them in the game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. That's actually pretty cool. It was kind of cool, except I didn't understand Yu-Gi-Oh! So I, I don't think I ever won sure. a single battle in the game. But but at least you got to look at Exodia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. That fl- Does that prove... That prove I know something about <laughs> I think this so. franchise. There's some kind of dragon. Uh, it's a dragon of a certain color, and its eyes are of a different color. But we can't spend any time talking <laughs> about that right now, especially not when we have to spend time talking about episode six of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Shall mm-hmm. we spend time doing that right now, Brendan? Yes, let's. We shall. 
Let's get into that time. It's time to duel. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Episode six of Avatar The Last Airbender, titled Imprisoned. <sighs> what? I wonder what could have happened to everyone for them to end up in this kind of situation. I don't know. It's weird that they just jump right into it and don't even tell you how we got here. Yeah, there is kind of like a cold open of Aang behind bars and uh, saying, you know, trying to like scare people straight. Like, you don't want to be in here, man. So you want to know how I got in here and Momo's standing there with a tin cup raking it against the bars. He's got tat. Aang's got tattoos all over his face. Oh, wait a minute. He already (laughs) had that before he went into jail. Oh, no. That's how you know he's really tough. (laughs) Uh, yes, Imprisoned is the name of this episode, March 25th, 2005. Previously on Avatar. Uh, what happened previously? We met Boomy last week. Yeah, Boomy. It was kind of fun. Yeah. I was a little hard on that episode, but looking back on it, I'm like, you know what? Doesn't all have to contribute to the plot. Like, it's it's exactly like you said at the time. You don't kind of know everywhere that we're going, so it doesn't really matter to you. Mm-hmm. I do know everywhere that we're going, so I'm like, well, I want to get to, like, the really good stuff. But we got to take time to appreciate, like, the good, goofy fun that we're going to have along the way. So uh, here I am apologizing to uh, the King of Omashu was the name of that episode. Yep. Boopy. Uh, we had fun. Boomy, good character. Mm-hmm. His trials, uh, ill-advised, though. I'm not really sure what those were all about. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the point was. What was the... the? Well, I, I do know what the point is, because they spelled it out <laughs> pretty clearly at the end of the episode. But They tried... They tr- There was no point until they tried to make a point. Yeah. And that was uh, shitty all around. We all hated that. But the episode <laughs> itself was pretty fun. So previously on Avatar, uh, we did that last week, and then you got to go like a couple episodes back to get to something meaningful, like plot-wise to the show. Yep. <laughs> That's where we're at, baby. We're in uh, side sor- side story territory. Oh, yeah. I imagine this trend will continue till we get towards the end of the season and it picks back up. Uh, you know, we'll have some ups and downs. That's the way this kind of thing works. All right. That's why I get so passionate about this kind of show is because, you know, we spend a lot of time with our beloved Samurai Jack, where uh, almost every single episode, in fact, you and me, after one of our episodes recently, like, tried to count how many episodes of Samurai Jack are important to the plot of mm-hmm. Samurai Jack or like the <clears throat> lore and the, the world and the story of Samurai Jack itself? Yep. I think, what do we land on, like 16 episodes or something? I think we landed on 16, of which 10 were the final season of Samurai <laughs> yeah. Jack. Yep. Oh, that was not so. including ones where we meet characters who reappear <laughs> in the final season. No, no, no. Yeah, those did not count towards that final count. So, yeah, of the, I think, 52 other episodes of Samurai Jack that were in the first four seasons, yeah, we only decided, well, six of these matter. Yep. But the other ones, that doesn't make them any less fun. Mm-hmm. And even then, I think one of them, the Jack, Jack and the, the Wandering Creatures, 
didn't end up really mattering all that much. No, no. <laughs> but we did in include fact, it. It meant very little. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, it's not all going to be. We're not all always going to be working towards something. We gotta gotta have a little, uh, you know, a little something to do along the way. Yeah, and that's part of what we're gonna do in this week's episode. Imprisoned. <gasps> Scary stuff. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to spook you. Uh, let's get into the episode. The gang has made camp in the woods. Uh, Sokka returns from a food foraging mission with different unappetizing nuts. Yep. Some of which are not nuts. They're just rocks. <laughs> yep. The rock shaped nuts. Rock shaped nuts that are, in fact, actually nuts. I mean, rocks. <laughs> it's hard to tell. They're, they, you know, I, I think he might have just brought back a big pile of rocks. It's just all rocks, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's particularly interested in them. Momo picks up one of these nut rocks and slams it against a confirmed actual rock. And uh, there's a big boom noise. And his little monkey brain isn't sure what to make of that, so he picks up the nut and drops it one more time, and there's another loud boom noise. <laughs> Which is uh, a, a bit of a, a bit of foreshadowing for a bit that they do later on. This is true. This is true. Uh, Momo capable of a little bit more than you might think that he is. Yep. Finally coming into his own in this episode. Hell yeah. It's about time. It's about time he pulled his weight on uh, Team Avatar... Um, they run to the source of the noise, and there is a young earthbender who is practicing his moves in a ravine. He's doing our favorite earthbending routines, which is pick up a big rock and then throw it in a direction. <laughs> yep, that's earthbending. <laughs> that's pretty much what most earthbenders seem to be capable of. Again, <laughs> we talked about last week. You know, Boomy introduces us to there's so much more that could be done with earthbending, but mm -hmm. in most cases that we see it, it's big rock goes up, big rock goes down. Yep. And even in this episode, we see that that can be done with airbending. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, it's not specific to this uh, art form, but that's all this young boy seems to know how to do for now. Mm -hmm. Um. Sokka does not want to engage him, but Katara is already out in the open and says, hello. Mm -hmm. Very friendly. Uh, the boy sees her and runs away from them, collapsing the ravine behind him. They decide to follow him into the village that he's heading towards so they can find some actual food, not the shitty nuts that Sokka is uh, offended that they don't want to eat these shitty nuts that he found. <laughs> yep, he's, he worked very hard to find those. Uh, you've led me, thank you, Brendan, so much for uh, using those exact words. You have led me into my topical joke that I wrote down. Uh, Sokka says, I worked hard to get those nuts. <clears throat> huh. Sounds like something Nick Cannon would say, huh? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's gotten a lot of nuts because he has a lot of kids. Oh, I see. <laughs> you see what I'm doing here. I do. 
Uh, oof. Mm. You know Maybe how much, I should. You know how much I know about celebrities? <laughs> uh, okay, well, that was a failure, but I feel pretty good about writing it down anyway, and people are going to go crazy yeah. over it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you don't have to impress me. But I feel like I do. If we're going to be doing this every week, I just want you to be like, oh, man, I can't wait to come back and record a new episode to see what kind of great topical jokes Nick is going to have. Oh, yeah. That's what I look forward to the most. Jokes about celebrities and sports. Celebrities (laughs) having lots of sex and having lots of children. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I can deliver that to you. Just like Nick Cannon delivers children to all of his baby mamas. Uh, They arrive at a village and Katara sees the earthbender enter a shop that is, uh, turns out, run by his mother. Uh, Katara enters and the uh, earthbender's mother calls him Haru is his name. Uh, Katara says that she saw him, but Haru says, no, you must be mistaken. That was not me. Aang and Sokka walk in. Aang's like, uh, yo, we saw you earthbending, my dude. Aang has no chill. <laughs> he just comes in, blows up this kid's spot. Don't even try to fake it. We saw you out there pushing those big rocks. Yo, you were doing it. <laughs> and we're telling the police. Uh, Haru's mother shuts the windows and doors of the shop and scolds Haru and says, what would happen if they saw you? And no sooner does she say this than some firebenders knock on the door. Mm-hmm. Sokka says, act natural. The firebenders enter the shop and everyone is acting very not natural. <laughs> uh, it's very silly. Everyone is frozen in place. Aang is leaning on a barrel. Katara is eating from some sort of bowl of fruits or nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sokka is holding up an apple to Haru, and Haru is observing the apple with Sokka. (laughs) It's the most interesting apple in the room. It's an extremely natural thing that natural people will naturally do. (laughs) I'm just very impressed that they were able to work together so efficiently uh, after having just met. They were both like on the same page of that, that quick improv they came up with. Uh, quick, what what do human beings do? Look at my apple. <laughs> uh, they're all very natural. Aang busts through the lid of the barrel he's leaning on and kills the natural moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haru's mother tells the Fire Nation soldier that she already paid him, but he says, tax just doubled. What a bastard. Fucking scumbag firebender this is. Uh, he lights up some fire in his hands and basically says like, uh, nice place you got here. Be a shame if something happened to it, like if it burned down or something. <laughs> Be a shame if it were to catch fire. With the fire I can make from my hands. <laughs> she knows there's not really anything she can do, though, and she gives the firebender her last few monies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he walks away. But he's very rude about it. He says, you can keep the copper ones and throws them on the ground. Oh, so she's got to bend over and pick them up. Mm-hmm. These aren't even worth my time, lady. <laughs> but you wonder what else she had in there. Maybe she had like some 
big ass diamonds and he's like, I just want these. Mm-hmm. He just gingerly picks them out of the box. <laughs> this one and this one will go with me. <laughs> she should really keep those in a more secure location. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you've only got one money box. I only have one money box in my apartment. I don't have multiple yeah, money boxes. And you can't, there's nowhere else you can put money. It has to go no, in the box. No, no, no. Especially not in these ancient times where there's like not banks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got to go in a shitty box with no lock on it. <laughs> Even Boomy's lunchbox had a lock on it. Well, that's because you can't eat money. Not with that attitude. I mean, Boomy might be able to. Although we do learn in this that metal does not count as earth in mm-hmm. terms of bending. Uh, we'll get there, Brendan. Uh, but before we do, yes, this is something we have not really faced yet to this point. We're only six episodes into the show, but uh, we're being introduced to the concept of like occupied Earth Kingdom colonies. Mm hmm. And almost like like imperialism by the Fire Nation in these lands that they have conquered, which is something that is very true to life and war in this real world that we live in. Oh, yeah. So just an, an interesting example of this show trying to, yeah, like kind of portray something that is really, really hard for people, but also do it in like a kid's show. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're really doing it. They're really doing it. These uh, Fire Nation soldiers are humongous pieces of shit. I hate them. You're meant to. Oh, good. So I'm glad the per- the portrayal is accurate. <laughs> I would say they just have to have one of them kick a dog, and then it'll be done. Uh, well, in, uh, future episodes, uh, they're full of Fire Nation soldiers kicking Appa. And can you imagine a worse thing than oh somebody kicking Appa? No, only, only drowning puppies. And it would have to be a lot of them. What if they're drowning Appa? Oh, no. Appa, For some just, reason, I have now made Appa a dog. Couldn't he just fly metaphor. away? Uh, but what if he can't? I don't know. I'm trying to... (laughs) (laughs) Nobody tortures Appa. It's going to be fine. I'm not really sure what road I'm trying to go down here. Don't you love Appa? I guess is what I'm trying to say. I do. (laughs) Appa's great. I love his size-changing abilities that nobody ever mentions. You know, he does fantastic. Yeah, he's as big as he needs to be. (laughs) How long has the Fire Nation been here? Five years. Fire Lord Ozai uses our town's coal mines to fuel his ships. They're thugs. They steal from us, and everyone here is too much of a coward to do anything about it. Quiet, Haru. Don't talk like that. But Haru's an earthbender. He can help. Earthbending is forbidden. It's caused nothing but misery for this village. He must never use his abilities. Illegal bending. Don't you dare pick up that rock by other (laughs) means than your hands. Yeah. But they have the mining still, but they're not allowed to earthbend when they mine, right, I guess? Seems really inefficient towards, yeah, the mining operations. Yeah, you'd think you'd want them doing that. If you want more coal. Um, but I guess they don't care how long it takes. Mm-hmm. Just uh, don't use magic to get it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katara questions all this and says... Uh, 
What could they possibly do to you that they haven't done already? And Haru's mother says, they could take Haru away like they took away his father. <gasps> Exposition. Let's move this story forward, baby. <laughs> Where's Haru's daddy at? Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> You've done us a humongous favor. Katara also has a line in here where she says, asking him not to earthbend is like asking me not to waterbend. And Haru's mother should have said, like, I don't fucking know you. Yeah, who the fuck are you? Also, uh, please don't do that either. <laughs> that's probably not. If this isn't allowed, that's definitely not. Allowed <laughs> yeah, probably here. also not allowed. It just has never come up because there aren't a lot of waterbenders hanging out here. <laughs> please refrain from doing this in my shop where I'm, gonna, I'm trying to make a living. I'm going to go out on a limb and say all forms of bending are illegal in this town, except firebending by the ruling class. I just love how Katara is like, yeah, you know me, number one waterbender on the scene. How dare you tell me not how to do that? How could you say like, something like that around me? Sorry, I'm not even sure I know your name yet, little girl. Uh, but, you know, who could ask Katara to do such a thing? I, it's it's heartbreaking to even think of someone doing that to her. Um, Haru and his mother put up the gang in their barn for the night. Uh, Aang says, I'll make sure Appa doesn't eat all your hay, which it cuts to Appa, who is eating all of their hay for a, <laughs> for a yeah. second. <laughs> yeah, it's got a mouthful of hay. He is doing what Aang says he would not do. He does stop for a minute when Aang says this and then continues eating the hay. What are you going to do? You can't stop him. He's fucking massive. Who's going to, yeah, well, what are you going to do to him? Just say, hey, you know what? Not not right now, guy. <laughs> Wait till they leave, at least. They're doing us a favor. Yeah, please. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, Katara talks to Haru about his father, and Haru describes his father's bravery and how the Earthbenders fought back against the Fire Nation, but in return, the Fire Nation imprisoned all the Earthbenders. He says the only way that he can feel close to his father is when he practices his earthbending. And he picks up some rocks and twirls them around in his fingers, which I think is kind of fun. It's a good trick. Learn that from daddy. <laughs> Him and Aang should take that on the road. He, yeah, Aang's marbles. Yep. And Haru's stones, which then he crushes into sand in his palm. Ooh, fucking scary. So Haru's got the emotional appeal, but Aang is just the pure showman. They'll make a couple dollars on the road. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, I would go check it out. Um, yeah, Haru says this, and Katara then shows Haru her necklace, which we have never had cause to talk about on the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever noticed it. No, it's not. I don't. It's not like a defining part of her character or even like her outfit. <laughs> this is my mother's necklace that I love and cherish and talk about all the time. I've had it this whole time. If you go back and watch the e other episodes, I'm definitely wearing it, which it's I'm sure is probably true. But <laughs> it could be. Uh, it's so important to her that she's only thought to bring it up just now. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, you know, like a dark blue choker necklace with a 
dependent on it. Who gives mm-hmm. a fuck? This is not something that is important to the show until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says it's the only thing of her mother's that she has left after her mother was killed in a Fire Nation raid. Um, I kind of wonder about the Southern Water Tribe's relation to the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, like you had questioned in an earlier episode, like the first two episodes, like how convenient was it that Zuko was like near their village in the first place, which would lead me to believe that like the Fire Nation knew that these Southern Water Tribe villagers were kind of just always there mm-hmm. um, and decided not to fuck with them. So like, why didn't they just kill them like they did with the air nomads a long time ago? Like if they want all these other tribes gone, like why does this tribe still exist? It just, I don't, it, something doesn't add up to me. Like why yeah. they wouldn't have done something like that. They're know? not gaining anything from them. Like I can see them keeping the earth kingdom around because they can use them right. like in the mine, but the, the Southern water tribe does nothing. They can barely even sustain themselves. Yeah, yeah, not very self-sufficient as it is. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good question. Why why, why haven't they just done something about it? You know, not, <laughs> not, that, not that I want them to. Yeah, no, of course not. We're not advocating that sort of thing. But uh, just confusing to me, yeah. It seems like their existence is no secret to the mm-hmm. Fire Nation. Um, and if their whole thing is, yeah, get rid of the enemy... They are extremely powerless, but here they remain. Yeah. Like a show of good faith or something, maybe. Yeah, but to who? <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't know. I no, I appreciate what you're trying to do, Brendan, but there are no answers. No answers to my question that didn't even need to be raised. But here we are. Um Katara and Haru are taking a walk near the coal mines, and there's a loud crash. And an old man is trapped in a collapse in the mine shaft entrance. Mm-hmm. They rush in to try to help, but this old man is pinned beneath the rocks. Uh, Haru says they need to go get help, but Katara tells him, uh, No, Haru, you have to unleash the beast. <laughs> and he says, No, I can't. It's caged up, baby. No, that's illegal. This bad boy's got to be tamed. Uh, ultimately, Katara convinces him to uh, use his earthbending to blast the falling earth away down the mine shaft beyond them. A pretty cool display of earthbending, I It is pretty say. cool. Was nobody else in that mine shaft, though? <laughs> that is a really great question. <laughs> they just throw it somewhere else onto someone else. It's like the the ethical quandary of like save one person on the trolley or change the track and kill all these other people save the old man or kill your earth bending brethren who are yeah. enslaved by the fire nation like what what do you choose haru make the choice right now go 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 he did it he pulled that lever <laughs> he didn't yeah he wasted no time fuck it i don't care if anyone's working it's a saturday you know everyone's got the day off <laughs> except this guy <laughs> Except for this, except for this old man who somehow find himself trapped, and then does not even thank Haru for saving him from the uh, mine shaft 
collapse. Oh, he takes it a step further, even. He sure does. Uh, We are going to talk about that right now. Later that night, Katara regales uh, Aang and Sokka with that story. Sokka says that they're leaving the next day. Uh, They give Sokka some more shit for his bad nuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're really like hammering on him for it. He collected bad food. They were hungry, and the nuts that he got were... If if he had got some, like, good nuts, like some peanuts or some cashews or something, (laughs) that'd be fine. He got bad nuts. None of them did anything, though. I gotta take Sokka's side on this one. They they all sat around doing nothing while he went out to forage for them. And all they can do is bitch about it. He's just trying to provide for his family, and... uh, yeah, they don't appreciate it. No respect at all. Uh, none when it comes to Sokka. Um, they fall asleep, and in the middle of the night, the Fire Nation raids the home that they're staying at, and the old man has sold Haru out that fucking piece of shit. Should have let him die. Should have let him, yeah. Stay in that mine shaft for eternity and turn into bones. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess in, like, these tough times with the Fire Nation occupying the village, like, you, it's hard to know, like, everyone's just trying to survive out there, man. You know, you gotta sell out your neighbors just to get a little bite to eat, you know what I'm trying to say? Yep, yep. But also, this old man is a <laughs> Fuck this piece guy of shit. <laughs> points right at him he's like he's the earth bender they're like thank you old man i think somebody literally shoves him out of the way like great yeah this doesn't mean that much to us but uh, you've done a good <laughs> job here you're safe for one more day uh, the next morning katara fetches some water from a water pump which she actually shows off by bending water out of the pump instead of just instead pumping it. Instead of using it like a normal person. <laughs> Come on, Katara. Like, really? I have to wonder if that's going to make it harder for the next person who tries to use it. Like, she just pulled the water that was, like, up yeah. in the pipe already. And so now the next person who uses it is going to have that Jesus, gap to try to, like... in here. <laughs> yeah. I'm still pumping. I've been pumping this goddamn thing forever and nothing <laughs> is coming out. Very rude. Is this well tapped? <laughs> She sees Haru's mother staring off into the distance, who turns to her and her eyes are full of tears. Katara knows what has happened and she drops the water jug. <laughs> it smashes. It breaks everywhere and the water flies everywhere, so her bending display was all for naught. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells Aang and Sokka what has happened Um Sokka says that Haru is probably long gone by now, but Katara says, nope, that's fine. I'm going to be led straight to him because the Fire Nation is going to arrest me for earthbending. Oh, Katara is an earthbender. Katara is the avatar confirmed. Mm-hmm. Aang thought that he was, but secret. It was a secret the whole time. It was actually, there's two avatars at once. Can you even imagine such a thing? Oh my God, I think that's illegal. It doesn't seem right, but maybe one of them's like the negative avatar. Like one of them's like the good (laughs) avatar and one of them's like the evil avatar. I'm the Zavatar. (laughs) With With an X? No, with a Z. 
Oh, well, that's pretty good, too. Because it's the opposite. It's the end of the alphabet instead. The Zivatar. The Zivatar. The Zivatar. Of the two of them, the evil avatar, definitely Aang. Oh, yeah. Yep. They've been setting that up the whole time. We're already suspicious of his little <laughs> bald-headed motivations, and yeah, he's up to no good for sure. Um, yes, Katara's plan, she's going to earthbend, but uh, what they're really going to do is they roll a boulder onto a ventilation shaft at the coal mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aang is going to levitate it from a different ventilation shaft with airbending, to make it look like Katara is earthbending. And they say this to Aang, like, hey, you got it? And he's barely paying attention to the plan. Oh, yeah. He's playing with, like, a butterfly by, like, snapping his fingers and air is coming out of it. He's like, yeah. He literally says, like, you're taking the fun out of this. I'm just trying to have a good time. Like, Katara's going to get arrested. This is going to be tight as hell. Like, you guys so do cool. not have to worry about this. <laughs> he's just torturing that rat. poor butterfly. <laughs> Stop giving me directions. Just let me blow <laughs> air. Um, some Fire Nation soldiers arrive, and it is go time. Uh, Sokka and Katara bump into each other and get in a fake argument. Uh, Katara tells Sokka that he has big ears, and then he actually gets offended by this. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> She will not let the ear thing go either. She says, I bet elephants get together and make fun of how large your ears are. <laughs> Fucking got him. <laughs> He's like, Jesus Christ. My dear sister, please lay off of me. We're not supposed to really be fighting right now. I don't think I can forgive you for this after <laughs> we're done. And they just leave her there after she gets arrested. <laughs> Hey, I remember what you said about the ears. By the way, you're you're off the team. <laughs> Burn for it. You can stay in prison for all I care. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Sokka says, you're going down. And Katara says, no, you're going down. I'll show you who's boss. Earthbending style. Mm -hmm. Which I was confused about uh, is so... I think the intention of that line is, I will show you who's boss in an earthbending style, like in a way that an earthbender would show one who is boss. But the way she shouts it kind of reminds me of like an anime where they call out all their moves. And like, that's that is, just what she shouts every time she earthbends. That is definitely the motif that they're going for. She strikes like a very heroic anime pose mm -hmm. when she goes to do her earthbending style moves um, <laughs> so I think both of the things you just described are pretty much what they're doing it's, it was <laughs> weird <laughs> it is very funny they're making a huge show of this fight and uh, Katara's supposed earthbending abilities but nothing happens uh, Aang has missed his cue she repeats herself and Aang springs up and blasts air down the ventilation shaft, which lifts the boulder high up into the air. And as you were alluding to earlier, Brendan, uh, Momo is standing behind the boulder with his hands raised, and the idiot firebenders think that Momo is the one who is doing the earthbending. Yeah. 
They say that lemur's earthbending. <laughs> Which, you know, we don't know what Momo... We've only been with Momo for a few episodes thus far. Yeah. Who says that animals can't bend? I've, you know, got no reason to believe that uh, Momo doesn't have more powers than he has led on so far. Damn. The, uh, you know, they're considering, like, the sky bison to be, like, some sort of airbender types because they can fly around and use some yep. air powers. Yep, yep. So, so could animals be. have something going on. And I think Momo is on the list. I think that's very fun. I think it would be very fun to go in the woods and see an animal throwing rocks around. Just picking up a big boulder and throwing it in a direction. Yeah, like the psychic bears and psychonauts. Uh, yeah, of course, everybody knows exactly what yeah. you're referring to. They pick you up with their psychic hands, and it's the most terrifying thing ever. That does sound pretty scary, <laughs> but also pretty good. It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of into that, actually. Um, yes, the firebenders think that Momo is earthbending, and Sokka's like, guys, come on. Look. <laughs> Look at what's happening here. We just put on this whole performance. <laughs> Use your fucking heads. Think for one second. And listen to the words that we're saying. Um, they do arrest Katara and uh, Sokka whispers in her ears, you've got 12 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, as the Fire Nation soldiers lead Katara away, Sokka is pulling at his ears, still very clearly hurt by the words that yeah. Katara was saying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> She really got to him. He even tells uh, Momo, you know, Momo, your ears are big. Just trying to push this onto somebody else. Yeah, perpetuating the cycle. Yeah, it'll never end. Then Momo will go on to someone else, and then um, it'll get all the way back to someone that you really shouldn't be saying this kind of thing to. So <laughs> seems like a mistake. Um, Aang and Sokka watch Katara get taken onto a ship. Uh, they fly on Appa and follow the ship deep into the ocean towards a huge floating prison. Uh, and Katara and the other new prisoners meet the warden of the prison ring. Prison rig. Brendan, can you guess who the voice actor is for this warden character? Is it George Takei? Oh, of course it's George Takei. So <laughs> obvious of a voice, but he does such a great fucking job in this episode. <laughs> Although I did spend the whole episode once he was introduced going like, what is this guy's fucking name? <laughs> Trying to remember. Yeah, exactly I didn't want to look it up. Is. I didn't want to look it up because I knew who it was. I was like, he's he's Ricardio in Adventure Time. He's on Star Trek. Who the fuck is he? <laughs> Extre extremely recognizable and uh, oh yeah plays that classic character in this episode to like a very deliciously evil degree <laughs> yeah earthbenders it is my pleasure to welcome you aboard my modest shipyard i am your warden i prefer to think of you not as prisoners but as honored guests, and I hope you come to think of me as your humble and caring host. You will succeed here if you simply abide... <laughs> what kind 
kind of guest dishonors his host by interrupting him. Take him below. One week in solitary will improve his manners. He's kind of a fun villain. I like him for the episode. It's really good. We haven't had like a lot of just straight up like cartoonishly evil villains to this point, I feel like. Yeah. Like we've got uh, Zuko and by extension Iroh, who, you know, hasn't really done anything evil so far. It's hard to see Iroh as a villain at all, really. For sure, for sure. Uh, But like those those are not. There's like clearly some layers to those characters that they're working with. So it is fun to have just, yeah, like a clear cut, like this guy's a piece of shit yep. and is going to be very mean to the characters that we love. <laughs> yep. Um, and he does a great job. He gets up in Katara's face and says, uh, as long as everyone behaves on this prison rig, they'll uh, get along famously. <laughs> Very good. Very good shit. Uh, the warden explains that the whole prison is made of metal, just as you said earlier, Brendan. And it is far from the shore, so there's no way to earthbend while everyone is here, because metal cannot be bended. Yeah, not not magically anyway. No. Uh, perhaps if you have some fire. Mm-hmm you apply it to the metal for a long time where it gets into a more malleable state. Mm-hmm. But uh, these earthbenders don't have the kind of time for something like that. <clears throat> Why can't they bend metal, though? I That uh, kind of bothers me. I would consider any sort of like precious metals that come from the earth to be part of the earth. Yeah, but uh, you know the uh, there there is earth inside of them, but they are not like purely just earth themselves. You would have to kind of like search inside of those refined earthen materials to find the things that were to be bended. I would say. So is it just dirt? They can only bend dirt and rocks. Why? I'm just confused about why this. Like, there's it seems arbitrary to me. I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, I don't like it. It's just it's just another it's another point against earthbending. Uh, they just haven't figured it out yet. Nobody's really sat time for a long time with like a they've not sat down for a long time with like a spoon and just really looked at the spoon and been like, what am I going to do to you? Yeah, well, why not? They've had thousands of years. That's true. They've had a very long time to do something like this. <laughs> Maybe metal is a very new invention in the <laughs> world of Avatar The Last Airbender, and they just haven't put the time in yet. Maybe. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure there are swords in that first Avatar oh, episode. Fuck. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So definitely. They've, they've definitely had metal the entire time they've had avatars and bending. It just takes one brilliant uh, person to think <laughs> about these kinds of uh, processes. Somebody will, you know, somebody might put in the time eventually to get there. But for now, <laughs> all right, fine. It's off limits. It's a rule. We'll add it to the rule book. Metal cannot be these bent. Are, <laughs> these are one of the uh, yeah natural states of this world. Metal, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is interesting, the warden describes earthbending as the uh, brutish savagery that passes for bending among you people is what he says, which I think is 
kind of interesting of like these cultures coming in and describing like a practice that has been established in this world for thousands of years beyond like the fire nation coming in and invading them and then describing it as like, oh, this thing that is very regular to what you have done forever and is also very kind of similar to something that we can do. But mm-hmm. but the way you do it is brutish savagery. Yeah. You're just playing with dirt. Fucking animals. rocks around. Yeah. I make flames. That's much more sophisticated. <laughs> I could just pick up a rock and throw it. Let's see you make That's... fire. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, but yes, the entire place is made of metal. So uh, earthbending, he says, it is impossible. <laughs> uh, it does also lead me to wonder... I have a thought, you know, how deep is the water beneath this prison rig? Because, like, could they earthbend the earth beneath the water? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the rule is on, like, the range of bending. And also it's dampened by, like, another element covering the earth above that. If they were to bend mud from, like, a pond or some body of water... Would the water that's saturating the dirt also come with it? Or would it be like a kinetic sand kind of thing where you pull it out and it's dry because you're only controlling the dirt? Well, they certainly, yeah, would not have control of the water. But then is the water too ingrained with the sand at that point? These these are good questions. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I hate to tell this to you, Brendan, but to my recollection, uh, nobody has ever been able to bend like the ocean floor in the that Avatar sucks. universe. Get on it. Somebody, yeah, just like metal. So whoever figured, so we've got multiple earthbenders. You're on notice here. <laughs> We're putting you on blast. You've got things that need to be done that we think you can do but you've been sitting on your fucking lazy asses for generations now, just tossing big rocks around. Get yeah. into the the minutia of the practice. Get into the, like the nitty gritty stuff that's really going to save your asses once these firebenders come around. Yeah, that's why they were so easy to conquer. That's true because they're not a, a creative type. They're, they're very, too passive. They're very, yeah. Yeah, they're just letting these things happen to them by not really seeing what is possible with their own <clears throat> art style. Yeah, I got to imagine it wouldn't be too hard to defend against invading boats if you could chuck boulders at them. But again, I don't know, like, I don't know what goes into bending. Like, do you need, you need strength of some sort to, like, move a boulder? Like, how much, how sure. much of it is magic and how much of it is, like, your power? I I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. But it, these are questions to be raised and uh, Earthbenders, uh, you are officially on our shit list. <laughs> So figure out what you're going to do here, and we will take you off of said shit list. Mm-hmm. Katara is led into a big courtyard. Uh, there's lots of sulking earthbenders here. Um, she sees Haru and gives him a big hug, and uh, Haru is kind of into the fact that Katara got herself arrested to come save him. Yeah. Budding romance, question mark? Ooh, I ship it. We're shipping them. Okay, so give him a name. Uh, Karoo? Karoo, yep. 
got to be it, right? That's it. Yeah, I got nothing else. Hatara. Hatara is pretty bad. Hatara was also on my mind. Yeah, I think I think it's too long. Karu is better. Okay, so we are shipping Karu officially as of this scene. Or Kataru? Kataru? Yeah, I mean, that there's also something there, but that sounds like a character in another show. It reminds me of like Guitaru Man, the classic video game title from the PlayStation Portable. It reminds me of Hamtaro. Ooh, yeah, that's like I kind of like it more now. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> so points to that name. Um, Haru introduces Katara to his dad, Tyro, who is an older man with the smoothest fucking voice you have ever heard. Oh, yeah. This guy has got it going on. Of course, Brendan, he is voiced by one of our old favorites, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, a classic name that has come up many times on the yep, show. I knew he sounded familiar. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, many of our favorite characters along the way are his responsibility, including Tyro. Uh, it is clear that he is like top dog among the prisoners as mm-hmm. well. Katara asks him what his escape plan is, and he says the plan is to survive. She doesn't understand exactly what he means, and he says that really what he's doing is he's just trying to keep his people safe uh, to survive this war and kind of wait it out, and says that while they are here on this prison, they are powerless. And Katara stands up and says, we'll see about that. Yeah, she's going to she's gonna lead them all. She's going to get them all pumped up. She's going to mm-hmm. do it right now. There, there will be a revolt, and Katara will be their inspiration. She stands up and bangs on a trash can lid and does give a pretty good speech. Yeah, yep. Some highlights of the speech, she uh, describes how every child in her water tribe village was told bedtime stories of the courageous earthbenders. Which I don't, I don't know if that's true. I don't have enough data to support or deny that, but I feel like that's probably not a thing. Uh, It might not be, or if they were told such stories, they were definitely heavily embellished because this Southern Water Tribe seems very cut off from the rest of the world. Yeah. So I'm not sure how many true details of the earthbending experience they were getting in these these bedtime stories, but, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. Yeah, but it's a nice thing to say, regardless. It inspires uh, all of them, as we'll discuss. Uh, she says that their, this is a good line, their courage runs further than any mine you've been forced to dig or any ocean that keeps you far from home. Yeah. The uh, warden is like holding off his guards as Katar is giving these speeches like, nah, let her cook. <laughs> She's killing it right now. She's fucking crushing it, my dude. Um, She says that their hearts will remain unbroken when all rock and stone has eroded away. Again, a fucking sick-ass line a from A very Katara. good line. But also, though, 
if all the rock and stone is gone, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? <laughs> Fight with their fists, I suppose. <laughs> they kind of need that rock and stone to get a goddamn <laughs> thing done. Yeah. Uh, but it's a nice sentiment anyway. Uh, she also kind of concludes the speech by saying, uh, I can tell you the Avatar has returned. Which, again, you know, I don't know. I don't know how important that is to people yet. Yeah. But most people probably don't even know, like, what that means, I think. I think it's been long enough that a lot of, like, the, your regular people are like, what is that even? Enough people who were alive during the time that there was an Avatar, like, they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, uh, I, I mean, you would have to think that the Fire Nation has been on some sort of disinformation campaign of, like, no, the Avatar, that's not even a real thing. Like, yeah. that's not, that's just a myth that people have told for centuries. And, like, that's not, there's no such, that's not even possible. Yeah. When was the last time anyone even saw an Avatar? If I don't see an avatar with my own eyes, I cannot <laughs> confirm that they ever truly existed. Yeah. Who's a better judge of real things than my own eyes? Yeah, that, nothing, nobody. Especially not earthbender eyes. No, they are tainted cuz they're full of dust and sand. <laughs> Um, although if you were, okay, so as we talked about in last week's episode, if somebody were to, uh, pocket sand you Mm -hmm. and you were an earthbender, uh, would it be very easy for you to earthbend the pocket sand out of your eyes? I'm not sure. I guess it depends on how like good you are at bending because I imagine the shock of having a bunch of sand suddenly in your eyes would probably do a number on you. Like in terms of like your ability to think straight. So you got to like take a second to catch your breath and be like, okay, yeah, we're fine. We're good. We're still here. We're still in this. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would be too difficult, though. But also, again, that I think this goes back to the question of once it's wet, what does that do to it? <laughs> These are really good questions. Yeah. Is it then mud? And then, yeah, who is really in control in that situation? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say for sure. Could a waterbender bend all the moisture out of your eyes? Give you dry eyes, dry red eyes? Could a waterbender make you cry? <laughs> yeah. I know one can. By breaking your sweet little heart, <laughs> Avatar Aang, this waterbender, she's got your number, baby. <laughs> uh, Katara ends the speech and implores the earthbenders to fight for their freedom. But her gumption fades away when none of them move a muscle. And her speech has failed, which, of course, the warden fucking eats this up. He loves it. Oh, yeah. It was a tactic. That's why he didn't stop her. He's like, they'll never go for it. And it will crush her to have them just ignore her. You ain't the first one to try this, little girl who (laughs) clearly is not an earthbender. (laughs) So we have wrongfully imprisoned you. But, uh, hey. Welcome aboard the team. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> later at night, Aang sneaks his way onto the ship and wakes Katara up and brings her to Sokka, who is waiting on Appa and tells her that her time is up. But she boldly declares that she is not leaving and will not give up the fight. Yeah, which good on her, I mean. 
She could have just been like, well, I tried and like fucking bailed. Well, I gave it exactly one shot and that's all I had in me. <laughs> no, she's going to see it through to the end. Um, They are all hiding just beneath them some uh, searchlights and Aang agrees with Katara that yes, they have to try to save everyone. Sokka realizes that he is outnumbered on his desire to leave. He literally says to Katara, I hate when you get like this. <laughs> Can we just move on for once? Jesus Christ. She never lets anything go. <laughs> They're fine here. They've got gruel to eat and family members to hang out with. It's going to be fine. They love it. Clearly, they are not inspired enough to leave, so yeah, just let them stay. If they didn't love being subjugated, why would they let it happen? Yeah, no, this is, uh, it all makes sense to me. Um, the gang runs and hides, and Appa and Momo fly away, but a couple of guards see Appa fly away, and then they go straight to the warden to report this. Uh, one of them describes that they saw a flying bison. The other one says that they saw a flying buffalo. The warden gets very frustrated by this and needs clarification on whether or not it was a buffalo or it was a bison. Yeah, uh, I think he's really getting fixated on the wrong thing here. <laughs> no, this is important. <laughs> We have to get to the bottom of this. And of course, Brandon, uh, you know I got a little bit to the bottom of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to Encyclopedia Britannica's website, Ooh. Uh, they say it's not difficult to distinguish between them, especially if you focus on the three H's, home, hump, and horns. Okay. <laughs> and then I didn't really dig any further on what all of that meant. <laughs> all right. I assume they live in different places. One of them has a hump. The other one probably doesn't. And then mm -hmm. one of them has horns and the other one probably has like different horns. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I could have looked a little bit. The fact that I even took the time to Google the phrase, is there a difference between buffalo and bison? And then didn't get too in depth with it <laughs> on this. But I felt the need to bring up that there was a difference. There is a difference. Yep. Do you feel like 20% more educated about the topic? I think so. A 20% might be a little generous, but yeah, I know Give that there that. are three. Eight, okay, fine. 20%. You get 20%. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I am a certified teacher on this podcast <laughs> now. Expert on buffalo and bison. Uh, one of the guards says, uh, well, that's not really the point to the warden. Fucking idiot. Dumbass. Why did you say that? <laughs> Stupid warden. The uh, warden chucks him overboard. Mm -hmm. Fucking good. Deserved it. Yep. <laughs> Just fucking throws him off the bridge there on. Hey, this is bullshit. I'm the warden and you just said some dumbass shit at me, my dude. You're <laughs> dead. <laughs> Gone overboard. Uh, he commands the other guard to wake up the captain and search the rig the guard says uh that was the captain you just threw overboard he says well throws wake someone up that i haven't thrown overboard yet <laughs> it'd be very funny if he goes i'm the only one left uh, uh you've thrown everyone over warden 
<laughs> I'm we all you've got. Smash cut to just a bunch of firebenders floating in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so what do he throw you over for? Uh, I tried to tell him that it wasn't important if a, it was a bison or a buffalo. Oh, yeah, classic mistake. Oh, yep, yep. You must be new. <laughs> That's what he threw me over for, too. <laughs> We have this discussion all the time. <laughs> it's, it's like the most important thing to him. <laughs> it turns out. Yeah, he told him, uh, I'm not really sure that's important. There is nothing more important. <laughs> uh, he's a, uh, yeah, very interested in what kind of animals we're talking about. The gang is developing their plan. Uh, Aang says, I wish I knew how to make a hurricane. And Brendan, it is now time for my uh, weekly uh, politically motivated joke that (laughs) may not make its way into the final cut of the episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. Aang says, I wish I knew how to make a hurricane. (laughs) That's what George Bush said before his hurricane machine made Katrina happen. I love that all these bits today start with a, huh. huh. <laughs> hey, you hear this one? <laughs> you hear the one about the, uh, the hurricane machine? <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> uh, successful enough where, yes, that will stay in the episode. <laughs> a, a guarantee from me. In fact, I'm talking so much that it will be hard for me to cut it out of the episode audio. Good. There's no clean break point. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, good. I feel good about that. Katara wants the Earthbenders to fight back, uh, but Sokka says uh, they'll need Earth, you know, rock, uh, Something they can bend. It sounds like he's playing taboo, like the way he's describing like what they need. <laughs> he just doesn't want to say the word. Uh, uh, lots of little stones. Uh, 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 something, <laughs> something natural. Something natural. Think, uh, mountains. Mountains are made of this. Mountains, but but small, but smaller. Smaller, movable. <laughs> like a big pile of dirt that you know you could do something with. <laughs> Um, Aang looks up at the prison rig and notices some big smokestacks, and they all deduce that uh, this rig must be burning some coal. Uh, Brendan, it is time to initiate Operation Santa's Naughty List. (laughs) Is that what they call it, or did you just come up with that? That's what I've decided to call this operation. That's pretty good. I think it's fair. Who's a more famous consumer of coal than santa uh only uh thomas the train that's true without coal thomas would not have delighted uh millions of british children in like the 1950s Mm -hmm. is that how long thomas has been around jesus christ he's been around for a lot longer than he really has needed to be yeah somebody should have decommissioned that fucking tank engine (laughs) Ah, it speaks. They just melt him down. <laughs> this is wrong. This is wrong. This goes against God. <laughs> the, the, the charming town crusades. <laughs> well, 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 it's the talking tank engine. 
you could come in here and corrupt our children in it. And off <laughs> off he goes to, yeah, the smelting factory. Is that what you do with metal is smelt it? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Uh, it's morning time <laughs> now. And uh, Sokka does a Ocean's Eleven breakdown of the plan. Uh, Aang is going to sneak his way down the smoke vents towards the coal burning in the furnace, close all the vents except for one, and then blast the coal out back up the vent and onto the deck of the prison rig. It's kind of fun because we can see Aang doing all of this in real time as Sokka's Mm -hmm. describing it. I love stuff like that. Uh, The guards spot Sokka and Katara. Uh, All of the earthbenders and Tyro are here, too, for some reason. I don't know. They just keep them all in the courtyard all the time. Just get to hang out. Yeah, there's not really any boundaries on the ship. They can't bend. Where are they going to go? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You going to swim? I don't think so. We're a long way away. Um, Tyro says uh, that they can't win this fight. The warden kind of slinks in and says to them, uh, you're one mistake away from dying where you stand. It's very nice of him to give them a warning. One mistake away. So just please don't make that mistake because I really don't want to have to do this. Uh, yeah, the paperwork involved. This is a verbal warning. I don't have to like really do much for this one. <laughs> I've been. Yeah, I've got this. Chalkboard over here, 45 days without someone dying where they stand. I really don't want to have to reset this to zero. It's a very specific board. They've got a bunch of them. Some of them are like dying somewhere else. Being thrown overboard is somebody's already resetting it. Oh, yeah. No, that one's yeah heavily edited. You can see smudges all over that chalkboard. Or not. Or it's just always zero. Yeah, nobody has to touch it. Yeah, it's never it's never gotten to one. It's actually just painted on. <laughs> Permanent marker. <laughs> um, but right on cue, the floor begins to rumble and a huge mound of black coal comes shooting up the vent and splats down in front of everyone. Uh, Katara delivers another passionate speech. And this is their moment to strike. But again, there is no reaction and the warden just eats this up. He's like, uh, little girl, you tried really hard here, but this is not going to work. Their spirits were broken long ago. And he says, you failed. Ah. Slimy. Slimy villain. You rude. Very rude. Uh, the warden turns to walk away, but a rock soars through the air and smacks him in the back of the head. He spins around to see Haru spinning some coal in his hands. Haru is feeling the rebel spirit. Oh, yeah, because he's only been here not that long either. So he's not super broken yet. Not quite as much as the other ones. Yeah, he's still got a little bit of that. uh, Yeah, that that free fighting spirit left within him uh, that Katara has awakened. The warden launches a fireball at him. But then a wall of coal uh, builds up in front of him and blocks the attack. And his father, Tyro, has joined the battle. And now it's on. The firebenders launch a full-on attack towards the prisoners. But Tyro and his men block it with a gigantic wave of coal. 
and struggling under his efforts, Tyro says, For the Earth Kingdom, attack! Woo! So how come this coal doesn't catch fire? This is a really good question because that's kind of what coal does, huh? Yeah, that's like the whole reason it's even here is to, to burn it. But so then this is another thing that we were just talking about earlier when like sand becomes wet, mm-hmm. then who is in control of the material that we're dealing with? So if coal catches on fire and is burning, then who is in control of it? Is it still the earthbenders because it's coal or is it the firebenders because now it's on fire? I don't know. I would, I would like to think both. But also, I don't like that they can bend coal if they can't bend metal. So, <laughs> well, why? Those aren't the same thing. They're basically the same thing. It's all. It's the same. Like, oh, it, the coal comes from the earth. It's like, well, so does the metal. Okay. Why can't here we bend? Why can't we bend all of it here to give everyone an explanation? <laughs> they both live in the mountain. They both got to be mined from the mountain. <laughs> What what is different between the two substances? Live in the mountain. Yeah, that's what all rocks do, right? And so why can't they all be bent? Metal doesn't live in a mountain. Metal. Uh, there are things that metal are made of that live in a mountain, and then eventually they become metal. Well, no. I well. So what? What in the the refining process removes the the. What's the word I'm looking for? The nature of the the metal, like because it's iron is iron, even if it's still in ore form, it's just not refined. Um, look, here's the deal. I don't know. <laughs> I'm mad about it. That's all I'm saying. We're 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 playing fast and loose with what counts as Earth. Here's the other deal. <laughs> you don't know. I don't. We don't know what metal is. <laughs> really? Well, I know that if you, you, you're you mining that iron ore block, you get that piece of iron ore, you put that shit in the furnace, it turns into metal. At what point is it no longer Earth? These are questions that you and me can't answer. So if they're going to have a rule on this show, you can have a problem with it. But like, I don't know. Well, it's just it's don't fine. worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it, baby. No. They're doing it. Good. It's already happening, but uh, I disagree with it. I'm I'm taking a stand here. This is bullshit. It is a little unfair when you consider that like earth bender or uh, water benders can bend like ice. Yeah. And snow. Can water benders bend steam? Uh, good question. This is a good question. Something that we will perhaps find out along the way because I can't quite remember in this moment. Could a waterbender bend juice? <laughs> uh, at what well, point, if you're adding sugar and flavoring to your water, at what point does it stop being water? <laughs> when does it lose who it truly is? <laughs> yeah. Something that we've never imagined that it could be. <laughs> I just need, there needs to be a, a cutoff point. When is it no longer on the table? And apparently when it comes to Earth, it's when it becomes something that, yeah, my car can be made of is when <laughs> it can no longer be bended for some reason. Yeah, huh. this is fair. There right, are questions all. to be there. Reason, they, they're reasonable questions for you to be raising right now, Brendan. I don't have answers for you. That's okay. And we'll see if we can find answers along the way. <laughs> 
Signs point to no. Uh, but we'll find out. Um, yes, the coal is what they are fighting with. Uh, all the Earthbenders really needed was an opportunity, and now they kind of take control of the situation. They are driving back the Firebenders. Uh, even Sokka and Momo get involved in the fight. Um, they're chopping off the tips of some soldier spears. Sokka is chopping them off, and Momo is catching them. Yeah. So they're both kind of pulling their weight in a way that they don't usually do. <laughs> they're helping. Yeah, it's nice to have them involved, you know. They can say, <laughs> For I, once. I was here, I contributed. Um, Haru and his father super condense some coal into the hardest fucking rock that has ever existed. Mm -hmm. Which, am I wrong to think that Aren't diamonds made of, like, super condensed coal? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It would have been really fun if they did that, and then this turned into a diamond. If it did, could they still bend it? Well, this is, yeah, another good question, because <laughs> diamonds being the hardest things imaginable, the hardest hardest kind of rock, um, can you then, yeah, further manipulate it or is it then like you've done all you can to do, now it's to now it's like a it's at the end of its process like a metal would be so you're you're not allowed to bend it oh, anymore careful careful now <laughs> maybe that's why they stopped from getting too far down that path they said okay it's just a really 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 hard block of coal but it's not a diamond yet not yet if, no, we, no, go no. That, if we go that far we lose control of it <laughs> yeah our uh our cannon is in disaster. <laughs> um, they send that rock flying and it blasts through a wall to create a way out for everyone. Uh, Aang covers everyone's exit by creating an air funnel, which Sokka and Katara drop coal into like a pitching machine at a batting cage. That's kind of fun. I do think it's fun. Yeah, he just pelts them with like little things of coal. He's like, give me some coal! And then launches <laughs> it at them. Which is good. I like to see new air bending moves from Aang. He'll always surprise you. Yeah. At least air is always air. There's at no point where I'm like, well, that's not air anymore. Mm -hmm. No, air is always air. But he also constantly is proving that he can do what most other benders can do with just air. With simply just air. Yeah. So air might be a little OP. Mm -hmm. I think so. At this point, yeah. I'm thinking it's a little, it's it's moving in on everyone else's territory, except maybe fire. I don't know what fire can do that air could as well. But what would what would fire be without air? Yeah. That's can like you, a huge part of the equation. Can Ang change the temperature of the air? Hmm. This is a good question. Is he, so, yeah, if he's controlling the air particles, then I imagine he could... He could change the temperature by vibrating the particles of air at different speeds. Oh, Brendan, my boy, with all these questions that we've raised in the last 15, 20 minutes, I sniff a bonus episode coming on. <laughs> the science of bending. <laughs> the science of bending and what bullshit can be done that we think can be done. Uh, look forward to it, everybody. Um, Yes. Aang does that. It knocks out the firebenders who land on a big pile of coal, which Haru and Tyro and other earthbenders turn into a big coal pancake 
which they float off the side of the prison rig and hang above the water. And then Tyro fucking roasts the warden, which is pretty good. I don't understand the roast, though. It doesn't really make any sense, but it is still pretty good. <laughs> it's, yeah, he, he had to say something. I, I don't know that it quite landed for me, but good on him for doing it. <laughs> the warden says, please, I can't swim. And Tyro says, don't worry. I hear cowards float. Yeah, has he heard that? Is that something anyone has ever said? <laughs> Regardless of whether or not he hears it, yeah, is that, like, what is the implication there? That, like, cowards have, like, hollow bones or something? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it was like he wanted to say shit floats or something. Okay. But, like, and they couldn't say that in a children's cartoon. Inappropriate so they... for the format. Yeah, there, you might be onto something. Uh, but cowards float? What? Who? I don't I know that that's... Cowards float because actually it turns out you do know how to swim congratulations <laughs> warden this is weird are are bra- do brave people sink this is true is, uh, it, is that every, the implication uh, here like i'm i'm very confused about this every brave person i've ever known yeah has uh, gone straight to the bottom of the ocean <laughs> Which is a shame they should stop being so brave and jumping into the ocean on their own free will. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, c'est la vie. Um, anyway, they drop everyone to their watery graves. Or maybe not. It turns out cowards can float, so it's going to be <laughs> fine. Everyone knows that. <laughs> it does read as like a sick moan of like, oh, damn, Tyra fucking <laughs> got your ass. And I'm like, well, I mean, he won the fight. But <laughs> yeah, he's got to work know. on his one-liners. He's been in prison too long. He hasn't had time to think about <laughs> yet these kinds of important things. Um, the Earthbenders sail away from the prison on the steel ships that they were brought in on. And Katara is standing with Haru and Tyro. I want to thank you for saving me. For saving us. All it took was a little coal. It wasn't the coal, Katara. It was you. Thank you for helping me find my courage, Katara of the Water Tribe. My family and everyone here owes you much. So, I guess you're going home now. Yes, to take back my village. To take back all of our villages! The Fire Nation will regret the day they set foot on our land! Fuck yeah, let's go fuck these firebenders up, my dude. Yeah. Better hope there's some water around so we can see if these firebenders float. <laughs> I'm excited to see the next few episodes when we we spend a lot of time with the earthbenders retaking their villages. That is kind of the rest of season one is, yeah, village to village, um, taking them all back. Honestly, sounds like a pretty good fucking show to me. Yeah, sounds cool as hell. Just a campaign against the Fire Nation. Tyro at the lead. Yeah, kind of like with a map with like lots of uh, little models of like firebending symbols that he pushes from one side <laughs> to the other. Like with a wooden, them in with a wooden T-shaped thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> very Game of Thrones. I'm very into it. <laughs> uh, Haru asks Katara to come with them, which I think is a fucking weird question. He knows that she's busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But she explains that, uh, yeah, they need to continue on their own mission towards the North Pole. Feels like we haven't been talking about that a lot, huh? Yeah, nope. 
I think this is the first time in several episodes that it's come up that anyone's even mentioned it. <laughs> no, that uh, sorry, I can't go with you. I just remembered we, we oh, have this wait, thing wait, we're wait, supposed no, no, to be no, no, doing. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have obligations. <laughs> oh shit! We're supposed to be going to the North Pole. We're gonna be so late. <laughs> wait a minute. What are we doing? Oh, <laughs> right. Why I did they even water bending? Why did they even come here? Oh, I guess just following that kid. <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, what were they doing in the woods in the first place? <laughs> what is going on? Don't we have something to work towards? <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I just don't know. We're burning a lot of time here. Uh, but there's not a lot of stakes. We're just, you know, it's we're going to get there eventually. It's going to be fine. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. going to learn waterbending. Sokka is going to learn waterbending. Surprise. Uh, he knew how to do it all. The secrets were within him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's a very funny thing to me. Katara runs her hand over her neck during this whole thing and realizes, <gasps> my necklace is gone. <laughs> My super important <laughs> necklace. My really important necklace that was brought up once earlier <laughs> my, in this episode, and that's it. <laughs> my most defining character trait. Oh, this is everything that people associate with me with. How will they know who I am now? They'll never be able to distinguish me from the other characters on the show without my <laughs> signature necklace. <laughs> Uh, they really try to set this up as a thing. Are we buying it? Seems like probably not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think, I think not. It's random fucking MacGuffin. <laughs> oh, no. I think it would be even funnier if she didn't mention it earlier in the episode. And she was just like, my, my necklace is gone. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone, you remember that necklace that I wear? <laughs> and they all just say No. Uh, what? What? What necklace now? <laughs> um, yeah, she reaches for it. It's gone. What? You know, whatever. Uh, there's one final shot of the episode, though, which is the entire reason that we've brought up this necklace at all. Mm-hmm. Back on the deck of the prison, a Fire Nation soldier's hand bends down and picks up Katara's highly treasured meaningful character defining necklace <laughs> that we know and love but this is not just any fire nation soldier brendan it's prince zuko himself oh what was he doing there he went to check in on katara's necklace and he found <laughs> it he picked it up and goes this is katara's necklace that she got from her mother i, I remember this yeah from that water tribe girl I've seen a couple times who had that <laughs> striking necklace. It's mine now, though. I better get this back to her as quick as possible. How I can't imagine the distress that she's in without her necklace. <laughs> uh, a cliffhanger? Question mark. I don't know. A weird way to end the episode. It's it's played like a cliffhanger, yeah. <laughs> but. Wild. Is, yeah. Made out to be that way. Do we care? I don't know. Let's move on. Yep, 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 yep. I'm, I'm just wondering if it's even going to come back up. 
Like, I'm I'm not convinced that it will ever be mentioned again. <laughs> like in future episodes, we know that Zuko has it in his possession, but Zuko doesn't know that he has it in his possession. <laughs> yeah. And maybe there might even be some episodes where like Katara is wearing the necklace before she's gotten it back and they just forgot that like she lost it. <laughs> like he, he wrote it on his character sheet and then forgot he was carrying it. <laughs> It does make me want to go back and like look at the earlier episodes in this season and be like, what was she wearing? A, was she wearing a necklace? I don't I don't know. I didn't really pay that much attention to her model. To, I would have to go back and watch them again. And but I'm willing to bet we have never seen the necklace before. It's really, really funny to me. It's 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 like if Sokka was like, ah, uh, yes. I've had this pistol on me the entire <laughs> time we've been on this trip. You know, my very important pistol that my uncle gave to me that I use for shooting people to kill them. And I've had it this entire time. Huh. It's weird. It's just weird. It's very weird. Uh, Brendan, what do we think of episode six of Avatar? Imprisoned. Uh, I thought it was kind of fun. I remember this one from way back in the day. I'm pretty sure I saw the whole like escape sequence from this. Okay, okay. Uh, but that's it. I don't remember anything else about the episode. Just the part where they're like escaping the ship. Sure. Um, but I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, it's, I, I guess, nice to see some more Earthbenders, even though I feel like we've spent a lot of time with them now. And they still kind of suck. <laughs> um. But it was fun. It's a good bit. There was also a nice scene when they first go into the um, the barn that they're staying in. I think it's a barn. Uh, sure. And uh, Appa is the biggest we've ever seen him <laughs> taking up like half of the barn from an overhead shot. I thought that was kind of cool. <sighs> yeah. Well, his yeah dimensions will never remain. I, I like that. That's actually kind of fun for me to be like, I wonder how big he's going to be in this scene. I would like uh, a sequence where like if there's like a giant explosion, like the kind of thing that might happen on a cartoon where there's like a gigantic explosion and the camera pulls way out to show like half of the entire planet. Mm -hmm. If they do that and then you can like very clearly see Appa. <laughs> he's like, visible from space. There. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or the camera pulls out and he's like on a different plane of the camera so that he's like fixed on the screen and everything else is shrinking away. Mm -hmm, but he's just mm -hmm. the same size. Like he's a he's, HUD uh, element. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to turn off Appa in the <laughs> settings. You want to be fully immersed in Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, yeah, no, this episode's fun. I think I spent a little time last week complaining about like, oh, well, I want to, like, I want everything to be important to the plot of the show. And then I kind of like spent a little time after that thinking like, well, not everything is going to directly mm -hmm. contribute to like the main goals that all the characters are always working towards and we do need some things to like give characters, you know, adventures to go on, but also like character building moments. Like this was, I feel I'm not forgetting anything specifically. This was our first kind of big like Katara episode. Yeah. To really like build up her sense of duty and like her tenacity. 
her willingness to fight for like all people who are mm-hmm. being oppressed by other people's yeah like be the voice for the voiceless almost which is kind of <laughs> cool yeah um she does a good job in this episode even if she's yeah maybe picking a bigger fight than she realizes at first she does spend the time to be like okay well i know that this is worth it so what can we do to make it so that like these people really get um, the freedom that they deserve and yeah. uh, does a good job. Yeah, the tenacity, sticking with it. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see. It's good that she's got her own episode. Now I'm expecting it to happen for every character, uh, which is fine. I wonder what like a Sokka centric episode will look like. I'm sure there will be something. <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of time goofing on Sokka in some of these episodes. Actually, you know what? I think maybe that episode in the the village a couple episodes ago was was pretty Sokka-centric. Very Sokka-centric. He was uh, being a total ass. Yeah, and he learned nothing. So close. He was like right (laughs) on the verge of getting the lesson that he needed to. And I feel like maybe with one more instance of something like this, he might be like, oh, okay, mm. now I get Oh, it. women are people. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I'm a total shit. <laughs> Why didn't okay. anyone ever tell me that? <laughs> well, his dad's been away at war for... <laughs> he got it from his dad. <laughs> his dad, yes. <laughs> Taught him everything. And it was a real gentleman's club before all the men left the uh, Southern Water Tribe, so... He didn't know any other way. You know, Grand Grand tried to teach him a thing or two, but mm-hmm. uh, Sokka very set in his ways. So maybe with just a little bit more time and a few more young teenage girls to uh, romance, he'll, um, you know, he'll find out what it means to be uh, not a total misogynist dickhead. Yeah, one can hope. We've also had uh, that Zuko-centric episode. So I think at this point, most of the major characters have had, like, a good amount of time. Sure. So I think we're ready for more plot before we do it again. We have to push things forward Am I a sensing, bit, huh? like, a... Uh, I'm kind of sensing a pattern where we get some plot, and then we get how this plot affects each character, and then a little bit more plot. That's fun, though. That is... That is... Yeah. No, I don't mind that. That is one of the fun things I like about the show in comparison, again, like we talked about earlier, like a Samurai Jack, where it takes a long ass time for us to get some kind of <laughs> to plot. do anything, yeah. to do a goddamn thing. <laughs> Although that is less the point of that show, as it turns out. Um, and this show is like a balancing act mm-hmm. with some of that stuff. Um, so yeah, now we've we've had a little fun. Perhaps in upcoming weeks, <laughs> we'll. <laughs> Not have fun is, I guess, the opposite of what I'm saying. When we try to push the story forward, it'll be so fucking boring and stale, and we'll hate that they tried to do that to us. We'll get to work. (laughs) God damn it. I don't want to move this story forward. Can't we just spend all of our time riding on animals? When are they going to play baseball? (laughs) It's coming up pretty soon. Um, Okay. That was episode six, Imprisoned. Uh, We had a fun time. It was fun. Yeah. Not bad stuff. Uh, In fact, some would call it good stuff. You know what is great stuff, though, is when we get emails from our listeners like we got this week. 
Oh, bum 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 email. Bum 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 email. That's it. Thank you. That's this week's email song. That that one is dedicated to Mark, who says, "Hey, gents." Got this idea from your last email section and thought it would be a pretty fun matchup. I love that this is our emails now. This is just who we are. Now. Yeah, we are just, I uh, honestly, I'm not opposed to being the show where it's like <laughs> this character versus this character go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so this week's matchup is uh, Sokka as he is now. He has current in parentheses. So I think that means where we are at in the show. Sure. Uh, versus the samurai uh, before Jack beats him up and puts him in his place. Hmm. Okay. So this is a pretty good one. Uh, I uh, immediately, no discussion, will say the samurai would probably kick the shit out of Sokka. Um, but we can discuss it. Well, we certainly have to take some time to discuss it. I am agreeing with you right off the bat only because what have we seen Sokka do? Uh, I think the most effective he's been is this episode. Uh, he was cutting the, the tips of them spears off. There's that. And then there is the very or the second episode of the show where Zuko comes into the village and Sokka attacks him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that attack is not super effective. He won't stop attacking. Yeah, but he doesn't really do anything to him. But is that just because Zuko is so strong? Because uh, I think Zuko would kick the shit out of the samurai easily. Agreed. Yeah. Which is 100%. not the matchup we're doing right now. But I don't know. No, if no, the, no, no. What I, my point is, I don't know that that's a fair comparison. I don't think the fight would pot, like maybe be that one sided with sure. our current contenders. I guess. Yeah, I, I just it is part of the conversation of like, I feel like this question is unfair not unfair but like is biased against Sokka because mm-hmm. to this point we haven't really seen him do anything yet like do we know if he will be able to do anything going yeah. forward in like fights you know time will tell he's um, got the drive uh, and he did learn some certainly some good moves uh from that girl in the village this is true. Suki taught him a thing or two about uh, the mm-hmm. way of the Kiyoshi warriors. So yep. he's at least got that knowledge under his belt. So he's a little more effective than he was even just an episode before that. So he's got like some knowledge from a knowledgeable warrior. And again, you know, we can't really get too far into this path, but I think probably you and me both would agree that Suki would beat the shit out of the samurai. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so to this point with Sokka having learned some moves from Suki, um, the samurai before, so before Jack beat him up is the qualification here. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've seen the samurai do is defeat those robots that came into the bar. Yep. Uh, pretty impressively though. He did a very good job. He did the monk dunk, which we liked a lot. Yep, yep. The turkey chop. The hacka, hacka shack. I don't remember what he called it. <laughs> I don't remember. What's the one where the the monk, well, the friar monk one where he cuts your head off? Monk, that was the monk dunk. Of oh, course, that's that the, was monk. the monk. Oh, yeah, yeah. He cuts the hair off and then he dunks him in the thing. And then he right, dunks right, him right. into like a paper lantern. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> right, we all right, remember right. this fondly. <laughs> um, 
So then I guess maybe another question that we can ask, and maybe not fair, maybe it is fair, do we think Sokka is capable of defeating those robots that came into the bar? Oh, that's actually, you know what? I don't know that he is. Maybe, though. How effective were those robots? Like, did we, we didn't see Jack really start to fight them at all. We only saw Jack start to fight them towards the end of that episode where there was like a shitload of robots that showed up and then turned into one gigantic Metal Gear boss. And for the most part, he fought them off with like a stick. He didn't right? even, yeah, he did not even really use his sword for that. So that I is think true. Maybe Sokka would stand a chance with like his boomerang and that weird mace thing that he kind of, I think he's forgotten that he has. It's been a while since we've seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe so I think Sokka, maybe he could. Ultimately, you know what? Now that I'm like sitting here facing this, like that is my that is what determines this matchup for me because that is all we know that the samurai was capable of was defeating these specific villains. Mm-hmm. We have not seen Sokka really in any fights like at all. Yeah. So can he handle these villains himself? I think probably yes, but not as handily as the mm-hmm. samurai was able to. So I think your your initial reaction and mine as well, because I was on the same page as you. I yeah. think to this point, and I'm willing to give Sokka time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't seen him do much. It's only six episodes in. We're only a little bit of time in, and he's got time to grow. He's got time to learn new fighting styles. He's mm-hmm. got time to do all sorts of fun things. I, Me, having been someone who watched this show... I know that Sokka is capable of more than he's shown to this point. Yeah. I'm not going to go any further than that because we can't have that discussion as part of this hypothetical fight. Right, right. It does specifically say current Sokka. So if we leave it at that, I think you and me have a handshake agreement right now Mm -hmm. that the victor of this fight is probably going to be the samurai. I think so. Um, I I I think they both have the confidence that it requires. Sure, of course, absolutely. But I think the samurai is probably a more competent fighter at this point in time. I guess one difference is that we know for a fact that the samurai is also a phony, mm-hmm. like is capable of defeating those robots, but is not everything that he says he is. Like, yeah, he talks a much bigger game and hides behind a literal shell. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was considering that like he he might be more inclined to give up if something goes wrong. This is exactly the point that I'm getting at. Yeah, is, is I think that if yeah, Sokka gets some sort of upper hand, um, he the, the samurai would back down, whereas Sokka would never, ever back down. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So like most of our fights, uh, it kind of depends <laughs> <laughs> on a on a number of things that we would have to just make decisions for. There's so many more factors, but that's what we're doing here. Baby. That's what we're, we're here just, for. You know, yeah, creating these scenarios in our <laughs> head canon and delivering it to question askers like Mark, who wants <laughs> the hard truths on these kinds of mm-hmm. hypothetical fights. Okay. <sighs> Even with me throwing that counterpoint at, I think I'm st- I'm I'm still. Leaning towards the samurai, are you as well? I think so, yeah. I think it's closer than we are making it sound by picking the samurai right off the bat. Sure. 
but I still think he would he would take it nine times out of ten. I think that it would be fun later on, much probably much later on in our journey together. You know, we've already spent a little bit of time in the first few episodes of this Avatar adventure talking about Aang versus Samurai Jack, mm-hmm. um, which, again, uh, we need to wait on that question, I think. Yep. Um, but I think it might be kind of fun to do, like, more matchups between, like, Samurai Jack characters versus Avatar like the Last side characters. characters. <laughs> we, we pit them all against each other. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. kind of like this. Yep. They're so, fighting for their, their team. Yeah, and then uh, a uh, preponderance of whichever of the two shows has won the most of these hypothetical matchups determine which is the better television show. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's science, baby. It's not about which show we enjoyed more. It's about which <laughs> show whips more ass. <laughs> which show could beat the other one up. <laughs> uh, that seems fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm Now I'm thinking of like what matchups would we do, but I don't want to take that away from the audience i think that's we're not here to make the matchups we're here to settle the disputes no we are the yeah we don't uh make the rules we just enforce them (laughs) i think we also make them a lot of but we also are making the rules which are all bullshit (laughs) and Uh, likely to be inconsistent (laughs) but we're happy to do it Uh, well, with all that in mind, Brendan, uh, if more people, as we go along, and you know, don't spoil things, but as we go along in this show, if uh, they wanted to send in more fights between Avatar The Last Airbender characters and Samurai Jack characters, uh, or just any other kind of bullshit fight, again, like we said at the top of this, we are happy to be the podcast where we just determine... <laughs> cartoon fight victors we're happy to do this <laughs> yeah uh yeah so if you wanted to i think nick is getting at you can send us your emails i was i was gonna do this but you go ahead <laughs> oh it sounded to me like you were setting me up to do it so i'm doing it i, I was then i wasn't and now you're into it and we're just gonna you, you know what soldier on soldier on. all right send us your emails about hypothetical fights between any characters in the shows we've talked about any characters in any show no spoilers or if it's not a hypothetical fight you can send us just anything you want pretty much and we will likely read it on the show you can do that at gotta recap at gmail.com you can also tweet it at us uh at gotta recap you could comment on one of our instagram posts with it if you wanted to uh it's also at gotta recap you can comment on our YouTube videos, but I don't know if we'll see that. I <laughs> would we there see that? There are ways. Don't okay. even worry about it. So guys. you could if do you that. Do that. There are ways. Uh, just search it on YouTube. Search "Got a Recap." That's the best way to find it. Uh, you could leave it as a as a review on iTunes or Spotify. We could we'll read it there too. Uh, while you're doing that, you also probably want to leave a five star review so that we're more likely to to read it and take it seriously. Um, and tell your <laughs> friends <laughs> to come in. Give us a. Good reviews, give us listens, share it around, do all the stuff, like and subscribe, uh, join our our OnlyFans. Uh, this is uh, something that we've talked about off air. <laughs> I'm not really ready to announce that just yet. Our fan house. Um, you know, people want what they want, and we're willing to give it to them, baby. <laughs> For a price. It'll cost you. <laughs> <laughs> 
dearly. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think that's everything. You, you can find us in all those places. Find us in all those places. We will be waiting there for you. Uh, yes, that is the end of this episode. Uh, hey, Brendan, uh, Katara really got herself uh, locked up, locked away in this episode, huh? Yeah. Is that fair to say? I think so. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and we hope that all of our listeners keep it locked on uh, this show as we move into episode seven next week. Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.